everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Felt a great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, I got a job for me. Meet me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with the rediscovered man himself, David Cohen. Yes, yes. I was good to hear David Bowie in the intro. How about that? And we've we've, we've gone through some changes uh, here, for sure, over the last year and a half. And we're coming out of it. And we are now looking at part two of overlooked and rediscovered entertainment, if you will. Things that we have seen, whether it be cooking, movies, activity, music, that uh, that we kind of found, if you will, during the pandemic or rediscovered. And that's one of those there for me would be uh, David Bowie. Uh, that was from 1971, believe it or not. Holy smokes. I remember playing that on the radio uh, in, let's say, 1981 in Providence College on the radio station there. And that was 10 years old then it's crazy right <laughs> yeah his music is really i mean if we're gonna yes. bowie's one of my all-time favorites but his, one thing about his music a lot of it is just pretty timeless which says a lot about him as an artist absolutely and and he's got uh he's got some very uh, interesting stuff interesting takes and and something maybe to rediscover yourself and look into you tell me during this time something uh when's the last time you put an uh, you know a bowie uh, album on David? oh i listen i i still to this day i listen to him quite often how about that wow okay and why explain it to us give us an idea um i I'm, I mean, just listening to that song, right? I, I, people aren't songwriters, I get it, but just that it's a very basic progression, you know. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, you hear it all the time in a lot of songs, but you know what he layered on, on top of it of a, of a very basic chord progression was, you know, a song that I mean, come on, you got to be dead to not have heard, or at least once in your life, no matter what what age you are, uh, that song changes, right? So what he layered on top of it was just, you know, so unique. And that's what's really fascinating about him to me. And just as a vocalist and, and how he changed with the times, how he thought he was irrelevant and then came back with smash albums, you know, just kind of lifted himself out of out of irrelevance right back into the mainstream. Um, you know, it was just really impressive. And I like all of his music all through through the very end. Uh, unfortunately, the last album that, that he, he released when right before he passed was, uh, I think, one of his best ever. So it's crazy. Yeah. And, and do you know about his process? Because what I'm hearing, what I, you know, a little research, what I'm hearing about his process is that uh, he would just basically go into the studio without anything written and just come right. up with ideas and work with, I guess, other artists and musicians there, but also just work through it himself, of course, uh, just as he sat there and created it as he went. Yeah, that's right. He would go to the studio and, and ask ask the musicians in his band just to start playing like little riffs. And he would hear something and he liked it. And, okay, yeah, let's make a song out of that. And somehow, 
you know, with that pressure of being in the studio, that's where he thrived. And, and he, he would actually create songs right there on the spot, but, but even not like the, the space oddity, you know, ground control to major Tom before right. anyone knew who he was, you know, it's such a, a, a unique and, and, great song i mean not just from a songwriting perspective but the way it was performed you know and that was before he he had the luxury of being david bowie and just going into a recording studio and doing what he wanted so uh yeah i, I think he was just just incredibly talented and like i said his music holds up today i still listen to it original original guy that's for sure is hard to find and very very hard to be and to do even if you are an original person with original thoughts and different thoughts to to carry them forward like sometimes people hide that you know they don't why they don't want to express themselves they're afraid of what other people are going to think about it or have the pressure of well we got to do this and hit put a hit out or in any kind of art form you know it's it's got to be done and got to be done right so you know the pressure's on and i'm not going to take a chance let's just keep on doing the same old thing you know uh, yeah i mean look at it. I, I don't know if we have time for another quick story about him yeah. but you know ziggy stardust right that that whole band that he had that that propelled him into real superstardom at the height of their fame he fired the band he fired them right after a show and just decided to 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 go in a different direction, you know, think about like what, ta- what that takes individually to, to have such, I don't know what it is like, uh, delusions maybe, but the or, self-confidence yeah. to, just, just to throw away what, what just propelled you to fame and, and be confident enough to know that, you know, you, you just, you're ready to go in a different direction and, and the time is now and you just do it and, and it worked. Well, that's it. The confidence in yourself is so important the you know the reverse of that is is to be so insecure that you can't do and enjoy what you want to do and what a great lesson uh, not that he had to but uh, you know I, i'm interested in seeing his interviews and see if he ever professed what we're talking about uh, in, and acknowledged it or did he just be who he was he didn't try to teach anybody lessons did he just be who he and later in life too sometimes you try to be retrospective and oh, i've learned this i've learned that did he have you seen interviews with him did he ever get involved with that or no I have. Yeah. I mean, so, some interviews with him are, are pretty revealing about, you know, his his creative process and what he thought. And I think that changed over the years. If you look at interviews when, when he was first becoming popular, I don't think he was as forthcoming. I think he it, it seemed like he was a little more insecure about his notoriety. And as he got older, I think he was more expressive about it. OK, yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Now, besides music, while we're out there out and about trying to do stuff. Leo and I got involved with a, ha- a hobby that I did as a kid. I don't know if you did, but the Estes rockets. Remember these? Do you ever build these things? No? You build these rockets and, and you, you have the little um, little you know engine that you put in the, the back of it. You, you light it up safely. There's a whole way to do it. And it shoots up into the air and, and then it puffs out and you've got the uh you know you got the, the rocket coming back to to earth so to speak with a with a parachute you, did you ever do these or no oh, no no i never oh my have. goodness never heard of it. all right so listen to one and then we'll uh we'll revisit this this is something we didn't rediscovered or discovered really i rediscovered he discovered the sd's rockets if you're just getting started in model rocketry a starter set is the way to go yep. it contains everything you're going to need to get your rocket up into the air you'll come with a rocket kit the launch pad the launch controller, a pack of motors, and the recovery wadding. The launch controller and the launch pad can be reused over and over again. So this is a basic kit that get, is a building block for future rockets. Now the rocket kit itself can be used over and over again too. When everything is ready, you can go ahead and give a loud countdown 
and then push the button to launch the rocket. So we're going to do three, two, one. There it goes, and off it cool. goes to the wild blue yonder. I'm telling so you, you guys, have, you you guys have done this. Oh yeah, we definitely have done it. Angelica did it too. The only problem is, there's always an issue, right? It shoots off, and the one that Leo had, unfortunately, something happened, and as it was coming down, it fell apart. There were two parts of the rocket, and one part fell apart, and the other part was then very light because the half of it was missing right so it's very light and it was on a parachute it was a little bit windy and literally we had to get in the car and follow it like a balloon almost one of these balloons when they fly away it, and, and it, it landed about three blocks away in the uh parking lot of a gas station so we were so you found it you, we found it but I'm, I, sh I should have said this in the back of a yard here we're we bought a huge park open park so uh we had plenty of room to do this in but of course you know all, all good things uh sooner or later end up you know in the world of murphy's law and of course there were tears and angst and aggravation because the rocket <laughs> fell apart so we couldn't even like <laughs> you this is the kids you you have two great you know rockets that shoot off they land they do it perfectly and then the last one that happens to we got to run to the car we got to try and find then we find it it's irreplaceable. We can't put it back together, which is not a big deal. They're not that expensive, and part of the fun is putting it back together. But, of course, for an, an eight-year-old kid at the time, that's not sufficient. I want my rocket back. I want to shoot it again. Uh, I'm not. Then, then you get like he throws it down. I'm never doing this again. I don't want to do this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm angry that her, his sister tries to help. Oh, it's okay. Don't touch me. It's not It's not good. I'm not. I don't want any of this. I'm, don't. And then like we get like two weeks later, Leo, you want to do it again i don't want anything to do with it no i'm not doing it leo come on come down get off that phone get off the the, the minecraft loki craft come down let's 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 put a, a rocket together you put it together i don't want it. oh man so it go wow so we, just because of that last failed mission huh? yeah and so like kids need to be more resilient don't you think maybe it's just my kid i don't know well you know i it's it's the age also and yeah you know, I, I think we've all like metaphorically, you know, flipped the Monopoly board in the middle of the game out of frustration. Exactly, you know? it's pretty much what happened. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get back to it. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, some recipes when we get back. Maybe smothered chicken, which was an amazing recipe by a YouTube guy. So here's a little piece of it on the way. Oh, out. good. Well, you're not you're not going to like start sort of saying how you discovered this thing called uh, hamburgers. Know, hamburgers. <laughs> No, but a hot dog is something I do. We'll be back. Ready this? Everything old is new again. Tell me what you guys think about that there. Super easy. You can just see the, how delicious it is just the way it is right there, right? So, again, I just go ahead and I get... You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. You mean to tell me you haven't spoken to Al Lewis in 11 years? I haven't seen him in 11 years. I haven't spoken to him in 12 years. I don't hate him. Can't stand him, but I don't hate him. If it was all that bad, why did you stick together for 43 years? Al Lewis was the best. The best. You understand? I understand. As an actor, no one could touch him. As a human being, no one wanted to touch him. I'm still in demand. I'm still hot. If this room was on fire, you wouldn't be hot. 
Welcome to the Eagles New Again. Uh, we're back revisiting and talking about revisiting uh, force, forms of entertainment that uh, that kind of got lost in the shuffle and came to the fore, if you will, uh, during the pandemic. And there's a movie that I really enjoyed, Sunshine Boys, and I could watch that all the time. I saw that on a play a form in uh, in Elwood uh, down in the, in the Engerman Theater on Main Street and where we live in East Northport, I should say, or actually the town of Northport. And... Uh, in all forms, it's a it's a great fun uh, movie. Uh, what do you think, David Cohen? Oh yeah, it was great. That was such a funny line too. I haven't seen him in eleven years. I haven't talked to him in twelve years. <laughs> now, uh, exactly along the lines, it's also it would be I would see and say appropriate to maybe if you think about it, if you really think about it, you can revisit and rediscover everything old is new again during this time and if you haven't it's time to do so uh we're on all the podcast outlets the old shows we're on almost 50 stations across the nation and growing uh it's time to get involved everything old is new again dot biz the website or you can go to any of those locations uh, whether it's deezer or iheart or itunes whatever and pull up look at uh, you with all the podcast oh, it's all over and we're everything old is new again radio show be the best way to find it of course it's on youtube as well and then we took a look back in december do you remember this david cohen uh, i bet you don't remember doing this december 24th uh, aired in 2016 a show where we did a retrospective of everything old is new again back then as to how you know what was uh, the show like in 2016 doing this in 2016 but remember we we did the sunshine boys we time traveled and we were we looking did. back at the show 30 years later so this is us 30 years after the beginning of the show looking back at 30 years of everything old is new again welcome to everything old is new again 2044 this is douglas vivianium as you know the last 10 years i'm trying to get david cohen back on the show we've been approached 30 years later for a 30 year anniversary of everything old is new again nbc wants to put us on the air much like the old sunshine boys movie and trying to reunite david cohen and myself uh, for a television special 10 years ago as you know he retired from the show just when we were on top and of course i'm upset but i'm willing to give it a shot uh david cohen you're back at the 10 years how's it feel uh you know feels okay i'm about as excited about this show as i've ever been <laughs> what do you want <laughs> a man of a few words but they certainly count uh do you remember that show david cohen wow i have no <laughs> recollection of that whatsoever oh my god it was funny, though. It's I a, go back and listen to it. It's a great show. I believe uh, you can find it uh, anywhere. But if you go to YouTube, it's show 138. We're up to almost 400 shows at this point. But go back to 138, and you'll see us. We stay in character the entire hour, and we really? pretend that it was 30 years, uh, You know, which would be like, whatever, 24 years from now. And cool. <laughs> we had a good time. So one thirty eight people write that down, get involved. And I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. We also get involved with a little cooking here. We, we heard a little smidge of this. I want to get back to this, a smothered chicken and gravy recipe from a guy on YouTube. And, and it, you can look at it and find it. If you go to smoking and grilling with a B, this big husky guy that you think would be out playing football or, you know, uh, having a beer with the guys or what have you and uh, he's 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 in the kitchen and he's got some great personality and a great 
bunch of recipes. This one's my favorite. What's good, everybody, and welcome back to my channel, Smoking and Grilling with me, A.B. Listen, I'm here ready to show you guys just how easy it is to make a creamy smothered chicken. We're going to sort of like fry the chicken. Listen, we're only going to do it for about four to five minutes on each side. Now, once all you got your chicken done, now you want to go ahead and just add your onions. Now, it's been about four minutes. Look, we're going to go ahead and add our minced garlic, our crushed peppers, and then once we get our butter melted, right, then it'll be time to, you know, add that flour. And then what you want to do is you just want to give it a whisk. And then once it comes back up to temp, then it'll be time for you to add the heavy whipping cream. And as you see, you can look at my right arm right there in my hand. Listen, I never stop moving with that whisk to keep blending it. And that right there is the key to getting it creamy. So this guy's got the technique. He's got the style. He was talking about cooking, right? <laughs> yes, he was. And okay, just wanted to be clear. I, I'm telling you, he is a great chef. Simple, delicious, not healthy food. I will suggest that it's uh, something for a special time or a good time. But he, he, kept, yeah, I kept hearing the word cream a lot, so I figured there's a lot of doesn't heavy. like cooking. But this this dish is delicious. I never yeah. had food like this. I mean, it really. So you've tried. You followed along and you made the stuff. I did. And what's great about it, you could stop it as he's going. If they're going too fast for you, whatever you. Oh, oh stop a second and do whatever they're doing and revisit. I mean, this was. It was a great recipe. How many times did you have to do that while you were making the meal? Uh, for that one, I did it about twice because I, I watched the video a couple oh, times before, bad. so I kind of knew, you know, you had the roadmap. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. What do I know? I, I I just had to get a kick out of these people on YouTube. There's such crap on there. But once in a while, you find some good things. And, and how did you stumble upon this guy in Smoking particular? and grilling with AB. I looked up. I wanted 10-minute recipes, and we'll talk about this down the line. Gordon Ramsay has 10-minute recipes. And somehow his this smoking and grilling came up in the search. Cool. And so I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know how you do that. I got to get to learn that so that when people search for these things, they come up with our show. But anyway, yeah, uh, cooking and smoking, and they 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 find right our show. That would be cool. You know, Bob, no matter what they're looking for, exactly. our show pops up in the search results. Right. You find barbecue guy and fondue guy arguing over <laughs> over movies or something. But okay, so uh, so there's some some things you know between uh, the I don't know the Estes rockets, the cooking, lots of cool things. That are different. And now there's back to the music, which David Cohn is going to laugh at me when he hears R.E.M. being revisited. <laughs> Come on, that's the last time you've heard this song. Come on. Put you in a good mood? Come on. Song. Sometimes consider this, consider this, picked up essentially, consider this, slip that brought me to my knees. How many songs have you heard where someone says, consider this? Is that like the only song where they told you to consider something? I, I love I that so. song. And that, that to me is one of the, uh, I don't know how to find this, maybe the top 10 crafted songs of all time. Am I wrong? Really? I think it's just a, it's a perfect song. Um, the way that it's performed, the way that it, it it's just it's the, the bridge. Yeah, no, I it, just love it. it. It's a great song. It's a haunting song. 
It is. Uh, and they also, I like about REM, they have a message. Uh, different songs have different messages. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, everybody hurts, kind of maybe get you through a tough time, if you will, that you'll get out of it. You know, that kind of stuff. And shiny, happy, you know, happy, shiny people was considered to be the theme song for Friends before they went with the actual that. song. And from what I understand, R.E.M. was not a fan of playing it. And it was misunderstood because it was written about Tiananmen Square and uh, in China. And he talking about how, you know, it's supposed to be happy. If you look at the video, you can understand this. Yeah, everyone's happy on the outside, but the government or whatever's going on in the song and in life behind the scenes, there's a, a, a not such a great thing going on there. Uh, so it was misunderstood. So that's a very misunderstood song. That so they, what, what led you to start listening to R.E.M.? How did uh, that, that come about? Good question. I was pulling up uh, Andy Kaufman and another oh, person. Oh, okay, that was, sure. And then yeah. this song came up, which I'll play for a second. And then, oh, and yeah. then that uh, that then turned me on to the, the, the next now, Andy, did you hear about this one? Tell me, are you locked in the pond? Of course, we're out of time. Yeah, I, yeah, that's interesting. I think they, I think they made one of, one of my favorite all-time songs was by REM, which is um, "End of the World" yep. as we know it. And why do you like it so much? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's like the the energy behind it, and just the the. Just the, the the singing about the end of the world. I think it's funny and conceptually, uh, but it's a great rock song. Yes, we're out of time. I do want to go back and revisit yeah, R.E.M. As, we as, we, as soon as we return, we'll be back right there. Everything else, do again. <laughs> Bobby, you guy here with Fandu guy from everything old is new again. Listen, Fandu, how you making out over there, kid? I've been well. How about yourself? Well, we don't get along. I talk about a lot of things. We try to get along. We try to do what we can, but we don't too much. I think we may agree about something. I got something in mind for you. What do you think? Oh, sure. What What do you have in mind? Howie's spiked cherries. Howie's spiked cherries. Have you heard of such a thing? I have not, but I am intrigued. Original flavor, bowls of fire. I'm making jello shots with these babies. They're tremendous. So they're cherries infused in alcohol? That's correct. And that you know that's right up my alley. I got news for you. 10% infusion, if you will, of alcohol. Believe me, you want some of this stuff. Put it in a whiskey sour, put it in a vodka gimlet, do whatever you like. Why don't you take a try, man? Well, I'm generally open-minded. I'll... I'll indulge. Sure, let me let me get try to it. Right Fondo, get the, to it. Right out of the jar. Let me get my sterilized fork. Oh boy. Okay. He's taking a long time, this poor kid, but he loves him. Look at that face. A big smile. I never seen a guy smile in my life. Look at the guy. Barbecue guy, I think we can finally agree on something. These are delicious. How about that? Then where do you get them from? That's the question. Your local grocery or you want to go to the website? Go to the website, howiespiked.com. That's howiespiked.com. They'll tell you where you can get them or you can order them. By the way, you get 22 cherries for every jar. That's howiespiked.com. Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen.
Uh, we're back in everything old is new again. Uh, boy, the uh, mamas and the papas uh, reared uh, their head again on everything old is new again in this review uh, of overlooked and maybe re- rediscovered music, pop culture, cooking activities that we're looking at here on everything old is new again. David Cohen, uh, tell me a little something before we get back to REM about the mamas and the papas. I mean, that's almost a perfectly crafted song as we were talking about with REM last section. No, I mean, oh, absolutely, it's one of the greatest pop songs ever. And and um, there were so many great songs by Mamas and Papas. You should play them for Leo. Just just put on their greatest hits. They've had they had some just you know quintessential great great pop songs. And the vocal arrangements, the harmonies, it was all John Phillips, you know. And and Cass Elliot also incredibly talented, amazing voice. And their story was cool too. You know their whole genesis. There's a documentary, at least one out there about them that's really interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I really think it's an amazing uh, story that, it, like, a, a lightning flash, too. Like, I don't remember, but it's only some, something like five years they were together. It wasn't even that long. And right. the the production of, of quality sound and music and the songwriting, I agree with you. But also, that voice, that Cass Elliot's voice is amazing, right? An, Unbelievable! You really—I mean, it's like it, a force of nature, right? Yes. You just—and it's so identifiable. As soon as you hear it, you, you know it's her. I mean, she sings in chords, if that makes sense to to you. You know, she she has mm-hmm. such vibrancy, such volume, but it's not one of these. You see this American Idol, all the let me sing high. Let let me show you my range. No, no, no. She sings it properly, carefully, where and when it should be high and low, and is not off a scintilla. And there's no, you know, now these days we've got this stuff where the people auto tune their voice that they're a little bit off. Right? There's none of that. This is straight out recording. Right? Right, you know, right from the right from the hip, so to speak. I don't know. I can't speak highly enough. I'm just upset that they broke up. Honestly, you know, like you just you're always upset. What could they have done for another ten years after? after oh, of course, she passed away. But you know, what could have what could have happened? You know? Yeah, I mean, she had a nice solo career for a while too. When when the band broke up, absolutely. Um, but there's a story when Sergeant Pepper came out that uh, John Phillips was like, I think, laying on the floor on the carpet with his headphones, and he was listening to Sergeant Pepper. Maybe when, when it was released, maybe even before, I don't know. But um, and he just took the headphones off and got up and just said, it's over. <laughs> like, music was changing. And, and they I, I think he thought they were they were now irrelevant because of that. But um, I, you know, quick story. I saw them. I, I saw an incarnation of them many, many years ago. John Phillips, I, I won't get into the sort of details, but he recruited his daughter, Mackenzie Phillips to sort of fill the role of Michelle Phillips. And they got, um, I'm sorry, her name escapes me now from uh, Spanky and the gang. It was, she was like, she was like a Cass Elliot, uh, Spanky McFarlane, I think had the same name as the little rascal. Anyway. So he got her to, to do Cass Elliot's part. And then he got, um, I think Denny Lane or, or someone from the Moody Blues, I think, to, to fill the last part. So I saw them in Manhattan and they did all the Mamas and Papas classics. And I remember it more because I got to see John Phillips, which was pretty cool. What he did in his personal life, put aside for a minute. But right. and I remember, you know, it was a great experience. And when they got off the stage, when they finished, Mackenzie Phillips walked by me and I said, hey, <laughs> I just want to let you know that was that was really good. And she's like she was totally caught off guard, like, Really? You think so? <laughs> oh, wow. That's so good to hear. Thank you. Like she was really, I think, very unsure of herself. Right. Um, 
Yeah, so that was cool. I saw some incarnation of them, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, it's 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 very cool to t- touch history like that, you know. And uh, by the way, Danny Lane from the Wings, from Wings. That's right. So That's right. a little history there as well. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than than it's they're worth a visit. You know, uh, oh sure. And, and I know, you know, we're talking about things that, of course, people know, people are aware of. Uh, but I wanted to revisit uh, REM because I didn't want to ask. I want to ask you some questions about REM a little bit because we we were exposed to them pretty much the last year of high school, I'd say eighty around, and then mostly in college and the early eighties, and they lasted for you know long time uh what 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 generally speaking because we didn't really we just heard on the outside of it what are your thoughts of rem as a as a entity yeah i think their music was unique for the time and and michael stipe's stipe's voice also unique i mean as soon as he sings sort of like uh, i don't want to put him in the same technical category but he has that distinctive voice like cass elliott like when you hear him sing you know it's him um and a very emotional type of vocalist too i think like what you were saying earlier and also one of the few bands to use regularly the mandolin um i believe it appeared in one of the songs that you you were playing before um it was a prominent instrument which which was also and still is pretty unique but i don't know it's you know it's hard to say like what what makes a band great they just they had their own identity and they had their own unique songwriting right and and production and composition and just everything about them was was really just a cut above i also think what's very interesting about that band is that when the drummer for whatever reason i don't know the whole specifics but when the drummer basically quit the band or retired uh they went on but uh he they all were like you know what that's the heart of this band like the drummer was one of the leaders of the band you don't usually think of that maybe you think of that with genesis or whatever but you don't think of that too much as the drummer is one of the leaders of the group whether it was emotional whether it was you know whatever it was that was a very integral part of this band for them and they performed thereafter but they were in their mind and i've seen many interviews they would they were just going through the motions at that point uh of course they they did a great job doing that but in their own heart they were like Ah, we're missing something. We're really missing our guy. You know, and I, I don't. I, it's a strange thing to say. I just thought that was very interesting for a band. Yeah, no, it really is. Have it is right. Rumble. You just you lose an integral component of your band, and it just changes things. Some yeah. bands can do that. They could just move on, and components, certain components, are replaceable. And but other bands, yeah, they struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, look at Squeeze. They just keep on changing players all the time uh they they somewhat stay together now recently but you know they've changed a lot and i mean but then you know keith moon of course another amazing drummer uh you know dies and the, the who goes on and they, right. they exactly. kind of said, yeah we're, we're, but it it went on but then keith i mean uh, then uh, john bottom for zeppelin that eh, that's it never coming back so yep. drummers are an interesting breed, uh, but I just thought with REM that that was interesting. And the other thought with REM is, is well, let's look at that th- this song just for a moment, um, Losing My Religion, right? I mean... That's the mandolin you're hearing, right? Instead of, there's a rhythm guitar too, right? Yeah. At the very end of the song, the very beginning of the song, it's just isolated. It's just the mandolin. Absolutely. And now with the mandolin, uh, the who, uh, the who am I saying? The Hooters also uh, feature the mandolin quite a bit. So it is an interesting instrument. It's like a very small guitar but it's not even fair it's it's like it's it's and it's not that hard to if you know how to play the guitar mandolin is pretty cool to to learn it's pretty it's a very easy transition how many strings 
I know? think there are four. So maybe a ukulele to uh, to a mandolin might. I have no it's idea. It's akin to that, yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, my grandfather played the mandolin all the time. It was a very interesting instrument. But, I mean, for a rock and roll band like the, the Hooters, but also R.E.M. to be so successful with that. Then also the final thing on this section is Andy Kaufman. I mean, you can't do too much mm-hmm. on YouTube, but if you can look back, of course, there's Taxi, but I'm more fo- and I love his character in Taxi, but I'm more focusing on his career and, and the things he did, not just the wrestling with Jerry Lawler, which is interesting unto itself, but all of the other, how his career was so unique, such an interesting person, and, and, and culminated uh, in some ways with... Um, you know, with the slap on the Letterman show, but uh, more than that, you know, Saturday Night Live, remember the Saturday Night Live where he was on so many times and they literally took a week and said, vote for the next hour and a half if you ever want to see Andy Kaufman on the show or not ever again. <laughs> and the vote I voted for, I got off the, my butt and I voted for him to stay That's on the it? show. Yes, and <laughs> turns out that it, the vote was never to have him back on the show, so he turned and went to the Friday show with uh, Michael Richards with the, from Kramer, Kramer from Seinfeld and went on that show a number of times. But he was just... Uh, he look at his specials you can pull up his specials he was uh what you tell me i mean i just thought he was very unique i loved everything he did oh he was so weird yeah i mean that was the that was the part of it for me about him was just the the he would try anything it didn't and the alternate personalities that that he came up with what was his name the other comedian that he used to do yeah and how we just completely embraced this other person that he well, you know i'm not andy kaufman i'm oh god his name is escaping me now but cliff something but, but, yeah. yeah exactly right 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 the nightclub singer right um and and how he would go out to to make sure to prove that he and cliff are completely different people uh, so just that concept is just you know the dedication and the you know the the zaniness behind and all explored in the movie man on the moon uh which i would recommend as well these biopics i don't i'm not a fan of biopics this one because i don't think you know a lot of the, the behind the scenes is interesting uh and fun cool. and uh Giamatti's what, what led well. you to to um rediscover andy kaufman i'll have to take that up right after this and everything old's new again This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Calling all stations. Clear the air lanes. Clear all air lanes for the big broadcast. You are invited to one of the biggest events in monster history as the mighty Frankenstein monster, having survived the windmill collapse of the original film, is on the loose again. The end result is the creation of the most famous female in classic monster history, the Bride of Frankenstein. Some girls got it, some girls don't. Well, she must have it because this is a movie held in high esteem by film fans and it also includes several scenes that were parodied in Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. Oh, hi there. Hi, Mel. Hello. <laughs> no, you were in town. Hello there. How are you? I'm all Get back to right you later. Naturally- ah, welcome back to Everything Old is New again. That is Fenguli from Me TV. Saturday nights at 10 o'clock. Reminiscent of what we do here a little bit. David Cohen, have you any idea who this is? Yes, I do. You introduced me to him. So I, I, I've tuned in for here and there. 
and and he's he's like he's a host of old movies, which is just right. perfect, right up my alley. I try to get my family to watch this once in a while. I'll drag Leo along, and and he'll go down the road with me to watch like uh, the House on Haunted Hill or Son of Frankenstein or The Invisible Man, The Mummy. I mean, I could go on and on. The list of movies that he has played: Phantom of the Opera, the original Forty Three, Abigail Go to Mars. He just he loves all like the old movies that we love, uh, and just plays one after the next and and throughout while you're watching the movie interspersed before or after the commercials he'll do a skit or a shtick or something about the movie or something related to the movie and sometimes he'll tell you about like he's heard he heard there you know behind the scenes uh, information about the movie or some of the actors. So kind of like a lot of the stuff that we do, if we were to do a TV show, I think in some ways it would be like Sven Gulli. And uh, Get I, him on the show. I've tried. These characters, sometimes they don't respond. There's no answer. I'm going to continue to try because uh, I really enjoy the show. I think it's just it's fun because it brings back to me the days when you're watching these old movies, which you never see anymore. And I always say this, if you want to watch The Blob, that's one thing. But if you took, go into your, your television station right now, or your, you know, your smart TV, look for a movie on demand, they don't show you a list of any movies older than like maybe 15, 20 years. So there's no, you, you don't even have the choice to say, I want to watch The Blob in terms of like, it's here and promoted. You have to know you want to watch The Blob before you turn that TV on and, and plug in and get it that way. So there's no like way, like when we were growing up, there was the TV guy, but besides that, on Saturday mornings, Saturday afternoons, there were all these old movies. There was Creature Feature at night on Saturday nights with all these old movies. Now there's no reservoir of these movies for a kid or anyone to say, let me let me tune into these because they don't even know these movies exist. So I bring Leo to the table and Angelica sometimes too. They remember when I showed them The Blob. And I remember this was it's so funny. They were so young. <laughs> maybe maybe they were five and eight. And the eight-year-old Angelica couldn't sleep that night because of the blob. Because she kept on thinking how the blob would sneak under her, her closet door and come into her nice, <laughs> into nice. her bedroom. So I took her Teletubbies or these little these these little figurines that she had, and I had them. I put them all uh, by the bottom of the door. And say, those guys are guarding the door. They're not going to let the blob come in. And as I just said the word in, she was asleep. So that solved the problem. Really? Oh, that worked. <laughs> Finally, Teletubbies. <laughs> and and a lot of other figurines, too. Yeah, exactly. They, 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 I think Teletubbies would keep anybody away, don't you think? Oh even, even the blob? That uh, was a crazy phenomenon. <laughs> but what do you think of these old movies? Are you into them? Would you be into it? Would you watch them again? The Beast at 20,000 Phantoms? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Incredible Shrinking Man? Ghost and Mr. Chicken? No, None of them. Not really. Too. Yeah. Not really. So I'm glad I brought it Sorry. up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love old films. I, I'm not sure about those particular films, but uh, but for a laugh, yeah. I mean, look, when we were growing up, they were not, I hate to break this to you. Yeah, they weren't a laugh. They weren't movies when, we were, when they were on, you know, midnight, things like that. I mean, maybe they were 10 years old or That's something. That, they were not old at the time, but now... You know, there's there's been so much in terms of like science fiction and horror and stuff that 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 younger people would much rather watch than something that that just is more charming, maybe, and out of curiosity than than having any 
honestly real quality behind it other than conjuring up you know good memories of when you were younger I, am i wrong I, you're absolutely right i agree we're going to go back to this now, for a second Andy, did you hear about this one it's a polite way to cut me off. I like it. <laughs> no, I agree. I, uh, right time. <laughs> it wasn't me interrupting you. It was REM and in spirit Andy, <laughs> okay. Kauf, Andy Kaufman. By the I'll way, tell, if I don't think this ever would happen, but in a fantasy world, Andy Kaufman was around now. He'd be probably 60 years old. You think he would do our show? That's the kind of a guy I think he definitely would do the show because he was yeah he so might irreverent. he might like the obscurity and the yes. the weirdness and yeah yeah and he would do something creative and weird with us I don't know would we, would he come on as Andy Kaufman or Tony Clifton Tony Clifton I think he would come on as we would well that's the cook you would invite him as Tony Clifton and he'd come on and then he'd he'd argue with barbecue guy or something like that I just right. these silly fantasies I have but uh, you asked me before why. Uh, I got turned into or turned to Andy Kaufman in this discussion. Well, uh, you know, I was into and listening to REM, and then I heard Man on the Moon song, and then I saw. Oh, I thought song. it was the other way around. I thought you said that you were um, doing Andy Kaufman first, and then found the REM song. Correct. I'm sorry, I did say that the wrong way. So, what got me to to, to Andy Kaufman was. Uh, in my mind, I remember thinking about this and saying to myself, uh, uh, you know, what's it all about? What, I was thinking of wrestling and I was thinking of late night. And I was thinking of things that we, we didn't talk about. And, and then I watched this. Have you seen this show, um, uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Wrestling, Dark Side of the Ring. No, I have not. It's, it's, a th- it's I've been on for three seasons. It's amazing. Check it out. It's another thing to look into, and of course they talked about Jerry Law, Jerry Lawler, and uh, and Andy Kaufman, because what they do is eat- so. What was it? Have you looked into that? Was that how how real was that? Do you know that was uh, in terms of the whole thing? He started wrestling. Uh, women and all that stuff and, and loved wrestling. He met Jerry Lawler. He told Jerry Lawler very little of what he had planned. And they went down uh, to Jerry Lawler. It was a real thing. And it, it, they they had the, the match of matches of Jerry Lawler, which was a huge, he was like Hulk Hogan back in the day, that popular, against uh, Andy Kaufman. He gave him a pile drive. Andy Kaufman, and, and Lawler was like, I know I did it right. But, but Andy Kaufman stayed in character and told the referee, that's what you do, you know, in wrestling is if a problem, you tell the referee, he's like, get an ambulance, get an ambulance. And they had to take him away to an ambulance, put the collar on, uh, went to the hospital. Lola, again, everyone thought it was real, real, real. They go to Letterman, thought it was real, uh, had the real argument on Letterman, really was slapped on Letterman. And at the end, uh, in the, in the, um, the green room of after, after Letterman was over, uh, Lawler went back there, and Letterman went back there, and Jerry and and uh, Andy Kaufman turned and says, "What do you think? How did it work out? Did good, didn't we?" So like he he kept it in character until the climax, and then he let let everybody else on in on it. That's genius, or chutzpah, or both, to oh, stay yeah. with that for months and months and months, and not let the partner know. 
what's going like it's imagine if you and I had a fight so to speak uh you know on the oh, I don't know how to say this I I created a, 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 a something and it was adversarial between us whatever and it went on for months and then I say, what do you think? You would be offended in some way, wouldn't you? I'd piss, I don't know. Well, I, I would think, well, first of all, I know you, so I, you wouldn't do that. But if I didn't know you that well, I, I would think that there was something wrong with you. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I don't know what Letterman's reaction or especially Jerry Lawler's reaction was when Andy Kaufman, you know, finally broke character and it and made them realize it was all a put on I, I guess I would be like what is wrong with you yeah, really bo- bottom line was it was Lawler said it was the greatest thing ever happened to his career and Lawler had a great yeah. career and in fact yeah. <laughs> He did. Couldn't have been that upset, right? <laughs> exactly. And then because he still asked about it now. And and further, uh, there's another show where the WWE is going back and looking for artifacts. I don't know if you've seen this. It's about eight episodes long so far. They they in, in, they they say okay in this particular episode, uh, what can we do to show Jerry Lawler's career? Well, you know, there's the crown. He was the king of the ring. So they they got some they they got Jerry Lawler himself they travel the country and they find the crown they bid on it they buy it from the person that the collector that has that because they're going to put it in a WWE uh you know uh museum so one of the things they were going to do and they eventually did find the neck collar that Andy Kaufman was wearing during that whole escapade. And so it brought tears to their eyes and this and that. Wow. Very, That's very cool. cool. Yes. So um, speaking of cool, we are always cool here on Everything Old is New Again, discussing all new uh, things, topics that you may or may not have heard before. It's now time for us to say goodbye, but it doesn't mean uh, forever. Just for a week. But then again, if you want to hear us tomorrow, go ahead. Go to all those podcast sites and pull up Everything Old is New Again radio show, and you will find us. Almost 400 episodes. And then come on back next week right here, right now, right uh, right on your favorite radio station, and we will be here. Continuing old things, pop culture, entertainment pop culture. David Cohen, Douglas Viviani. David, thank you for the input. Oh, we're still on. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, Doc. <laughs> I almost left the room. Goodbye. Andy, did you hear about this one? Tell me, are you locked in the pond? Andy, are you goofing on You've been listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's pop culture entertainment talk show. Find us on the web at everythingoldisnewagain.biz. That's dot biz. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.